Welcome to another episode of the Black Womanist Podcast. Two, three, let's switch this up. In today's episode, we're going to be doing... Firstly, I'm so sorry. Before we begin that episode, do go onto... Welcome to the Black Womanist Podcast. Do go onto our Instagram page, at the Black Womanist underscore we are a womanist page we are an instagram page an organization that is solely based on educating and reintroducing the idea of loving yourself as a black woman through stories and um, interactions of many other people our podcast is basically is mainly based on understanding the life of a black woman in all in all in all facets basically um I am a black woman, obviously, and I think a lot of the time when I am for, I, I, I never had a word, you know, I never had a term I could use to define this love I have for myself or this love I have for enlightening the next person instead of empowering. Because the minute you try to empower someone, it means that the person doesn't have the power and in all essence, I genuinely believe black women have the power. They just need to be enlightened to it. And our opinions need to be refined. We need to actually get to a point where we're educated on certain things and we're not just speaking up for things and we don't even know what we're talking about. Because the minute you have an unformed and an uneducated um, opinion or decision, your argument and anything lacks basis and lacks value in any single way. I don't know why I'm moving on to a tangent, but... We are on a color purple series, and in this series, we are reading the book The Color Purple by Alice Walker, who is the first person to coin the word womanism. Um, yes, I really am enjoying this book. I've never read the book before, I'd never really divulged into the book and actually tried to understand and study the book before. Um, yeah, and I honestly believe that the book, so far, me reading it is way better than the movie so i do urge you to what to read the book if you can please just read the book and you can just go back to our old episodes where we were just divulging on certain letters and certain topics that are highlighted into the book and just enjoy you know the series enjoy what we're doing here enjoy hit a follow at the black womanist podcast period So today we're going to get into letter 35's analysis. What do you do when the mistress moves in? So basically a summary of the letter, Suge so far has been staying in Mr's room, especially after she sings at Harpo's, who now owns a little pub into, in, in the house he has built. So if you remember, Harpo is the son of Mr. Mr. is Celia's um, husband. And Suge is Mister's uh, mistress. I want to say, yeah, Suge's mistress, Miss Suge's concubine, honestly. And she's been sick. She's been sick and Mister went out of his way to take care of her and moved her into the house. When he moved her into the house, it's not like she was staying in his room. She had her own room. But now in this letter... We've come to knowledge that she's actually moved into the room of Mr. And they're actually having sex in the house 
with the wife there and the kids there. So it's kind of crazy. And because Suge now lives and is able to sing at Harper's Place, the community has taken a liking to her and also Harper's new place. They've taken a liking to her and obviously they're going to take a liking to her because her personality, excuse me, her personality is so infectious. You can sense it in the book when you read it. You can sense that she's a very open person. She's a very um, bougie. It's just her, her personality is infectious. It's someone you'd aspire to be like, especially when you're living in the down south, in a place where women just have to conform to the standard. And the minute this new, fresh person comes around, you're like, oh, I wish I had her freedom. I wish I had her, you know, her tenacity or whatever. So, yeah, her personality is very, very infectious. So, one day, Suge asks Celia whether she minds that she's been having sex with Mr. And Celia says she doesn't mind at all. And this is because Celia's own sexual relationship with Mr. is not very important to her. And honestly, doesn't excite her because it's so routineous. Suge, on the other hand, says that she has a passion for Mr. But does not really love him. She says that she loves having sex with Mr. And asks if Celia feels the same way. But Celia says no. And expands to say that she has no opinion over their sexual marriage. uh, Their sexual um, interactions. And also their married life. Love life. What happens next is so pivotal to the beginning of Celia's self-discovery. Suge then asks Celia if she's touched her own clitoris. Clito- I don't know how to say that word. I'm so sorry. Clitor- clitoris. Clitoris. If she's touched her own clitoris. They um, call it... Suge calls it a bean. She's like, have you touched your bean? Have you seen your bean? And, um, and if she knows... She asks her if she's touched her, her bean. And if she knows... If doing so will cause her and will cause her to have an orgasm, Celia does not know what sugar is talking about, and it's so interesting to read because when you think about it, it's not as if like yes, she's been sexually active and all of that, but it's all been against her will. When you really put it into greater perspective, this is a young lady who was violated from a young age, twelve years old. She was she's been violated, so her ideology of sex and what sex should be is her just lying down and taking it and if she potentially has a child taking that child out if she has a period it's just snap 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 i don't even know what my vagina looks like because it's such a service for her sex is is a form of service to the next person so suge takes her to the bedroom with the mirror and tells her to look at her bean it's like she tells her to lie down and to look at her vagina and look at her bean. And she looks at her bean and then teaches her how to masturbate. But it's, it doesn't go into depth. That's the beauty of this book. I honestly do like the fact that um, it's not sexually charged. It's not a sexually charged book. And it's so easy to read because sometimes, I don't know, sometimes erotica makes me, I don't like it. It makes me move away from the initial idea of what we're doing here. And the fact that this letter is such a pivotal moment to discovery is the fact that her getting to actually know her sexual organs her actually getting to see her boobs and to touch herself down there it's 
the beginning of her sexual, or not even sexual discovery, of a discovery of herself. So Suge takes her into the room, teaches her how to masturbate, masturbate, teaches her how to touch her bean, look at her um, boobs and all of that. And she gets a jolt of excitement when doing this. Celia gets a jolt of excitement when doing this. So afterwards, Celia reiterates that she doesn't mind that, she, that Suge is sleeping with Mr. But in a letter, in the letter, as the letter ends, um, she admits to, to God that when she hears Suge and Mr. having sex, she touches herself quietly in her room and cries. In this letter, as we shortly analyze it, I notice that, that there's another scene in which Suge attempts to explain to Celia exactly what sexual pleasure is like. Before, the conversation didn't go in depth, and it, it was a very brief conversation and was rather dis- dismissive. Although Celia has been sexually active since, the, since a young age, she has never really been permitted to discover her own sexuality or indulge in her own desires. Celia's sexuality, up until this point in the novel, has been reserved entirely as a service to powerful men in her life. Again, it seems hard to believe, but Celia has had so little opportunity to think of herself sexually. She's not had an orgasm. She doesn't know what a vagina looks like. She hasn't touched her boobs in her entire life. Suge helps her to remedy this situation by introducing discovering herself sexually. The letter ends with a sad scene in a novel where Celia has said that she doesn't mind when Suge makes love to Mr. But in all honesty, she does. And it's not because Suge comes in between her and Mr. But surprisingly, because Mr. comes in between her and Suge and the sexual attraction she has for her, which we'll get into in, in more ep- in episodes to come. There are many times we see the so-called sexual attraction in letters before, where she oogles over Suge's naked body when she's watching washing her, and the time when Suge was sitting in between Celia's legs. She had this attraction and this... It wasn't weird. I'm not going to say it was weird, but she had this um, sense of, like, I've never seen... I want you to think about it... Um, as if, like, imagine you've your crush. This is someone, like, you've always thought about. This is someone you're genuinely so infatuated by. And they move into your house. Your mom is like, this person has to move into the house because you have to take care of them. And the person who's going to take care of them is you. So this person, you see them naked. You have to wash them. You have to put them in between your legs to do their hair. So obviously, there's a sense of nervousness and a sense of shyness. And... When you read the letter, when you read the letters before, you can sense this sense of nervousness and shyness on Celia's part. And obviously, if you imagine that feeling, when you put yourself in her shoes, it's not a bad feeling. It's a human one. And the minute we come to, we, we're still going to see as the book unfolds, how she discovers herself and how these feelings continue to manifest. And... I don't know. I just I don't want to ruin it, but it's really it's really really good. It's really a great book. It's really a great um 
it's something good not even great book but it's something good to see like once you can see it happen in front of your eyes as you read it in the mind's eye um yeah and that's the beauty of this the beauty of this letter is that the beauty of this letter that as as i conclude this episode the beauty of this letter is that before this Celia does not know who she is she hasn't really taken a step to discovering who she is and in this moment in this letter it's such a pivotal point to the introduction of this self-discovery that we're about to embark on and the reality of actually knowing who you are sexually mentally emotionally and physically and the importance of it was well, the introduction of the importance of it and a step in the right direction is just that to step so as we begin this step into self-discovery i think it also it, it influences me to try to discover myself not sexually per se not sexually per se but like with other things like just writing down you know the more i write the more i create um I become very, I need to become more, I need to actually take steps and actually take initiative into discovering who I am. And it's so influential as a black woman and as a person who is a womanist to discover who you are. Before you start fighting for rights and fighting for um, whatever cause you want to fight for, I know it's, it's, it might seem controversial to other people, but before you do that, you actually have to know what you stand for. So that when waves come or when or when mighty winds come, you don't move side to side, but rather you have a firm foundation in what you believe in because what you believe in is who you are. It's what you've discovered in yourself. So I really do urge people, I, I urge many people to just discover who they are. Discover yourself. Know who you are, even if it takes step by step, even if it takes years, it's fine. Some people discover themselves in six months. Others discover themselves in two years. Others, their discovery starts when they're 40. And do not rush life. I really don't want people to take this trend of rushing life. By the, by the age of this, you should be this. Do not rush life. Just discover. Take your time into knowing who you are. Take your time into learning to unlearn to learn again. Take your time into doing things like that. Don't rush life. And that's the beauty of this letter. I think it's a really good letter to just read, to read, to reread, to read and reread again. And then just continue reading because we actually have to get to letter 90. Um, Yeah, I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I enjoyed giving it to you. Again, do go onto our Instagram page at the Black Womanist Podcast underscore. Um, Yeah, see you next week.